0: Good morning, church. My name's Craig Leonard, and I am not the preacher at this church. I am just standing in, mere substitute, um, which is always kind of enjoyable for me because I get the chance to open myself up and say, Hey, God, what do you want from me today? And I've done that this past week uh, in preparing for this service. And he always hits me right in the gut, like, Kind of a jerk move sometimes, because I'm like, hey, here I am, use me. And he's like, here's something that you need to hear, and he gives it to me. So that's what I'm going to give you today, something that I need. I need to be fed with this. And what a blessing it's been to study this this week and to really dive into um, this scripture, the thought of of lost, being lost, who's lost. All of those things really, really mean a lot to me. And uh, I don't know that I have been doing the best job so I want to talk with you not at you so it's kinda like if you and I are gonna use a fire hose right we want to both be on this side of the fire hose instead of me spraying it at you right so let's let's do that let's make this a conversation let's make this more like a classroom setting than a lecture setting so I want to hear back from you I'm gonna ask some questions I want to hear from you okay if you don't respond to me I'm gonna think I'm doing a terrible job and I'm gonna walk off Okay, leave you with the hanging chad. So please, please um, get involved today. Just be part of this, let this soak in. This is not note-taking type stuff, this is life application type stuff. Okay? So by raise of hands, let's let's see if you're gonna cooperate with me. Who's ever lost a child in a public place? Yep, a lot of you. Okay, good for you. Well done. Well done, you lost your child. Okay, so have any of you lost your child for more than one hour? More than an hour. Okay, some of you, but the the numbers went down dramatically. If you lost your child for more than one hour, the feelings compound, I'm sure. I have not lost my child for more than one hour yet. But I can only imagine if it did. If you lose your child for one minute, you turn around and they're not there. What's immediately the first thought that you have? Somebody kidnapped. kidnapped so it's fear immediately goes to fear surely surely something good didn't happen to them to took them away from me it had to be bad had to be something that's scary and bad and they're not with me I protect them they're my child right so that's kind of the first response and that's human nature okay when you found that child what did you do? Hugged them? Grabbed them? scolded them? Spanked them? (laughs) Right. Okay, yes. All appropriate responses. And I think we all deal with that anxiety a little bit differently. But I think all of us get that overwhelming dump of endorphin release. I found them. They're safe now. I have them. They're mine. I got them back. I can protect them now. When they're not with me, I can't protect them. That's a scary, scary thing. Maybe they needed to be scolded later. But right then, they're back in your arms. They're back in your protection. Um, so the Bible's full of text that's about lost things, right? So let's look at um, Luke chapter 2. We find a story about Jesus getting lost from his parents. Okay, He wasn't really lost, as far as he was concerned. But his parents lost him. For how long? Anybody remember? Three Days, not three minutes, not three seconds, not three hours, three days they lost him. Okay, so in today's world, you're going to be at the police station. You're going to have all the teams out there looking for these kids, right? But three days, they don't know where Jesus is. That's their son. So imagine the relief they had when they finally found him. Imagine that relief, three full days of him being lost. Also in Luke chapter 15 we have the story of the prodigal son. This one's a little bit different because this was intentionally getting lost. This son left his home of safety under his parents and he wanted to go out into the world on his own. So he chose to leave. He chose to get lost. Do you think his parents felt any different than if they had just lost him and not known that he left on purpose? No, I think that they longed for him to return. They longed to know where he was and if he was okay and if he had eaten that day and if he had clothes and if he was kidnapped or if he was sleeping with pigs. They would want to know those things. So I think that the parents still had the same feeling inside their guts when their son was not with them. In Luke 15, we have a woman that misplaced a coin. She only had ten of them, so she misplaced one. That's kind of a big deal. So what did she do? She searched frantically for it. She searched and searched and searched until she found it, and then she did what? Celebrated. She rejoiced. She had a party with her neighbors. I found my coin. I found the lost coin. And then we get to Matthew 18. And we have a story about a sheep. A lost sheep. Which is another common theme in the Bible. We are often referred to as sheep, and God is our shepherd. Everybody familiar with that? You with me? Raise your hand. Good, thank you. Some of you are awake. I barely started. Oh yeah, hey Siri, set a 60 minute timer. I'll be done shortly. Um, so, we are the sheep, and he is our shepherd. Have, have, does anybody in this room have any personal experience with sheep? Yes? Has anybody in this room wanted to bang their head against the fence post dealing with sheep? Yes, I have. Think, think in your mind, and don't say these out loud. We're in church. Think of some words that you would use to describe sheep, those of you that have dealt with sheep more than once. Think of those words. Repent now. Okay? Because those are usually not nice words. I have two words that I that I can tell you that I think about sheep. They're needy, and they're dumb. Okay, you might have a pet sheep, and he might be the smartest thing in the whole wide world, but most sheep are dumb, okay? And they're needy. They're very, very needy. Most sheep need everything done for them. They have to be led to food and led to water, and they, I mean, they can barely eat and drink without you moving their mouth for them. They're very, very needy animals, okay? And the Bible refers to us as sheep a lot, okay? I don't think the sheep evolution has changed much. I think they were needy and dumb back then, too, when this book was written. They still are today, and we're still being compared to them today. Why couldn't we be like wild mustangs or at least some turkeys or, like, something cool, but we're sheep, okay? Why sheep? Why are we compared to them? Now, if you'll stick with me for a minute, I think I have an answer to that. But before we get to that, let's pray and... uh, Let's pray for some of our community while we do that. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for this fall weather. Thank you for the joy that it puts on people's faces. Oh God, we just just feel so blessed to be a part of your family and be a part of this life that we get to live together. Father, I ask that the Holy Spirit comes into this room in a huge way. God, that the Holy Spirit is in charge of what is said here that it's not my motivation or my words, that it's yours. And thank you for punching me in the gut with this, this this week, and if it benefits no one else, it's benefited me, so I thank you for that. Father God, there's so many churches in this community that are not even in a, in a church building. God, they're in homes, they're studying together, they're, they're talking about you, they're, they're looking for ways that they can find the lost. God, I ask that you bless them this morning, that you, that you allow them to feel your physical comfort on them this morning as they, they strive to, to join along with us in the search. Father, bless the rest of this, this day and the rest of this time that we have together. In Jesus' name, amen. So instead of looking at ourselves in this metaphor for a minute, let's do what we should do more often and focus on the shepherd. Because sheep are so needy, the shepherd has to be completely in tune with his flock. Okay, it's a flock, not a herd, for those of you that didn't know. It's a flock. The shepherd has to be in tune with the flock because he has to do everything for them. So let me tell you a few things that the shepherd did and does. Number one, he never left his herd. Okay, He slept with them. He didn't... Put the Great Pyrenees out with him at night and go home and sleep. Or he didn't have a donkey to put out with him like a lot of times we do today. He slept with the sheep. The sheep knew his voice. They followed his voice. And that's all they followed. Everything else they ran from. Okay, so he lived his whole life with the sheep. He had to be in tune with them. They were his focus. The shepherds were veterinarians. I believe they had veterinarians back when this was written, but the shepherds did that. They delivered lambs that were, that were having parturition issues, that were stuck, maybe. They pulled lambs. They mended wounds. They protected from disease. They anointed their heads with oil. A lot of us have heard that. Some of us probably know where that was derived from. Um, I learned that this week. I, I learned that there's parasites that would get into the sheep's ears and get into their brain and on their head, and it really was uncomfortable. And they would, they would bang their heads against rocks to try to find relief from this. So these shepherds would anoint this protection of oil on their heads that kept the parasites off, that kept them out of their, out of their ears and out of their eyes. Okay, it protected them from killing themselves, trying to find relief. So it was an anointing of protection that these shepherds put on their sheep. I thought that was cool. I didn't know that until this week. Another thing they did is they were their sole protection. The shepherds protected the sheep. Listen to this about David, the shepherd, before he was David the king. But David said to Paul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from my flock, I went after it, I struck it, and I rescued the sheep out of its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. They're just sheep. You're going to go attack a bear? I think I'd let him have the sheep. Anybody with me? Who's going to chase after a bear with a sheep in his mouth? They did. That's the kind of bond they had. This was their... Back up two points. This was their sole purpose, to protect the sheep. They protected them. David went after lions and bears, we know. So if he is willing to do that, he is inherently putting himself in a position of possible death. For one sheep. Again, a duty of a shepherd. Shepherds were not little scrawny guys. Shepherds had to be strong. They carried these sheep. They fought off lions and bears. They're a strong figure. And that is where this metaphor puts God. He is our protection. So in short, these shepherds commit their lives to carrying and protecting for the sheep. So knowing the depth of the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep, it's starting to make sense that the shepherd would do anything to find one that went astray. So I want to read this passage to you again out of Matthew 10, Matthew 18, starting in verse 10. If we back up to the beginning of chapter 18, we see that Jesus picks up a little child. And he's holding this child while he is he's saying these things. Okay, it's written in red. Jesus was saying these things. He was holding a small child. And I believe that that, that is very powerful, that he was holding this child in, in not only a verbal metaphor, but a physical metaphor as well. Okay, So picture him holding a small child while he says this. Beware that you don't despise a single one of these little ones. He's holding a child. For I tell you that that in heaven, their angels are always in the presence of my heavenly Father. If a shepherd has 100 sheep and one wanders and is lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 and go into the hills and search for the lost one? And if he finds it, he will surely rejoice over it more than he has the 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, it is, it is not my father will, heavenly Father's will that even one should perish. Okay, so he starts out with a warning here. A warning that you don't despise even one of these little ones. He's talking about this little child that he's holding. But I think he's talking about so much more. He's talking about all of God's children. And aren't we all God's little babies, his children? He tells us to come to him as children. I believe he's talking, to, talking about all of us. Don't despise any of them. They're all in need of being under my protection. So noted, don't look down on the homeless man. Don't look down on the heroin addict. Don't look down on the adulterer. Don't look down on the drunkard, the glutton, the arrogant churchgoer. Don't look down on them because they're one of mine. That's the warning. These are all strays. They're strays that need us to go out and find them. They need us to find them and not judge them. They need us to take them by the hand and lead them back to protection. If we are to be God's hands and feet, then we've got to do some of these shepherding duties and go out and search and find. So you haven't seen somebody at church in several weeks that you normally see? Have you called them? You know somebody at school that has a tough life, that gets bullied, doesn't have any friends? Have you offered them your friendship? Or maybe you've seen the guy outside of the mall with the dog and a sign. Did you assume that he's just some sort of scam artist and he doesn't want to get a job and he's just trying to get by the easy way? Or do you see a child of God that's waiting to be rescued, that's waiting to be brought back? Church, I believe we've got to change our viewpoint of how we see people. Everybody, how we see all people, not just the ones that are here, not just the ones that are our friends, but, but guys, all of them. We've got to bring them home. We've got to bring them back to God. We've got to bring them back into this flock so they can have some protection. And when we, when we see them out there, we need to treat them as if they don't need rehab before they can come here. How many times have I thought that in my mind and not verbalized it? That this person has got to go through some, got to get a shower or something before they can come here. I've thought that. I'm sure you've thought that. I hope you haven't, but I'm sure it's gone through your mind. We have to bring them here and help them with that. It doesn't matter the shape they're in, they got to come here first because this is the safe place in the flock. That is the only way. The rest of the passage describes God's very nature. Okay, So he warns us, and then he tells us about God's nature. The good shepherd will not settle for 99%. That won't do. He wants all of his sheep under his protection. That sounds a lot like what he said right before he ascended back into heaven, yes? Wake up call. Remember, classroom setting. Yes. Yes, that's exactly what he said. I want all of them. I'm a jealous God. I don't want... Satan to have any of them. I don't want Satan to have any of them. I don't want the world to have any of them. I want them all. They are all my babies. He wants us under his care. He wants us. We don't just have to want him. He wants us. He's coming after us. So why in the world would we leave that protection He wants us in his flock where he guarantees us that we're going to be protected under his care. He's going to take care of us. He's going to fight the lions and the bears for us. Why would we leave that? Short answer, because we're sheep. Because we grow up and learn to do things on our own. Okay, take a baby. That baby is not going to leave his parents' side. Because that baby needs to be changed. It needs to be fed. It needs all these things. It depends 100% on the protector. But we grow up. And we kind of change that mindset. We think we can do it on our own. Thanks, Eve. We think... Yeah, there you go. Give it a second. We think we can do it on our own. But we can't. But well, we try. And that's what starts leading us further and further and further away from him, from his protection, because we can do it on our own. I'm a big kid. I don't need your help. Maybe we don't decide to make that choice, but it just kind of happens slowly. But it happens. That's why we wander away. He wants us to need him for everything. The God of the universe wants me to need him for everything. Hmm. He wants me to need him for everything that I need. I think if I depended on him for everything that I need, I wouldn't wander away from him. Do you agree? You don't have to agree with me. Just because I'm up here talking doesn't mean I'm right. But I am going to tell you that I think if I was depending on him like that, I wouldn't wander away so much. So let's say we do wander, because we all do. What then? Outside of the shepherd's protection, what is the only protection a flock of sheep has? Let me hear you. Say again. Each other, the flock, they protect each other in numbers. That's their only way. That is the only way. If there's a flock of a hundred sheep, and then one sheep over here, and I'm a bear, where am I going? After the one. Bears aren't dumb. They're not sheep. They're going to go after the one. That's by himself. That's an easy target. Okay. If they're in a flock, at least there's a chance of protection because of numbers. Maybe some intimidation because of numbers. Satan knows when we're alone. He knows. And he likes to get us alone. He salivates when we're alone because he knows there's an easy prey right there. I'm going to get them. I'm going to trip them. Because he deliberately sets those traps for us. You know what I'm talking about here. When you're not surrounded by your flock, you are more likely to fall into those traps You'll look up those filthy websites. You'll use those substances. You'll overeat. You'll overindulge. And you'll begin to deteriorate. And you get further and further. With each bad decision that we fall into. We feel like we're further and further away. Not a fun spot to be because Satan is just pulling and pulling. And the more he's got you, the more you feel like there's no turning back. But I have good news for you. The good shepherd's out there looking for you. You're the one he's looking for. He's left the 99 and he's looking for you. He's looking for the one that's lost. So talk to me for a second. Have you ever been lost and then found by God? You don't have to raise your hand. You can if you want. What did that feel like? You knew. You knew down deep that I'm not on the track. I'm not on track. But then all of a sudden something happened. Something happened and God found you. Did you feel that embrace, that that embrace of, of security, that embrace of warmth, that this God has come after me after all of these things that I've done? He's come after me. Did God come down himself and grab you by the hand, or was it maybe a friend or a co-worker or a our colleague or somebody that you didn't even know. God uses us as his carrier a lot of times. Maybe God did come down and hold you by the hand. I'm not saying that can't happen. But I am saying it's very likely that it was another believer that was out doing God's work looking for the lost. Church, we're here to seek and save the lost. That's our mission. To expand the population of heaven... We have to go out and get them. Okay, we have to go out and find them. We have to get uncomfortable. Guys, this world is not made for your comfort. This is, you need to get comfortable being uncomfortable because that's what Jesus did. He didn't even have his own house. He didn't have his own pillow. He was comfortable being uncomfortable going into these situations and finding the lost, eating at the tax collector's house. So on and so on. We have to go out and get them. But sometimes it's us. Sometimes we are the lost. Sometimes we get full of pride and judgment and overlook the lost and write them off as circumstance. Sometimes we get lost in ourselves, fighting civil wars that, leading, that lead to more lost sheep than found sheep. Sometimes it's us. Sometimes the lost are sitting in here. What if that's me? What if I'm standing in front of you right now and I'm lost? Would you know that I'm lost? What if I'm standing here today and I need you to find me? To come pull me out of the pit of greed or lust or whatever it may be? Would you be there to bring me back to the flock? To bring me back to the shepherd's protection? Are you going to know? I know that today there's lost people in here. And I want them to come back to the Lord, but I believe it's also my job, it's my purpose to bring them back to God. So if that's you today, if you're lost, I want you to understand this. The Good Shepherd is out there looking for you. He has left the 99 in the wilderness, and He is out searching for you. This song that's coming on. This describes everything that God has put on me this week. Stand up with me, church. Stand up with me. There is no shadow He won't light up. There's no mountain He won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall He won't kick down. Lie He won't tear down coming after me. Let's sing this song together, God. God, we just give you this song. Sing it out to Him.
1: Still you love
0: Church, He's coming after you. If you're the lost, if you are lost, if you've been lost, if you need finding, He's here. He's looking for you. This is your chance. If you need God, if you want God to hold you. Guys, my little girl ran up to me because I didn't ride here with him, and she grabbed me and hugged me. I'm talking all four limbs, head on my shoulder, hugged me, right? That's the feeling I want when God gets me. I want to put all four limbs around Him and hold on to Him. If you need that, come see us. Come up front. Come talk to us. Go in the back. There's people that love you here that are looking for you. Go out this week. Find the people that are lost and bring them back. There's empty seats. Let's fill them. God loves you. I love you. Thank you so much for being here today. If you need us, we're here.